This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Good morning, I'm Jim Lang and welcome to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Well, in 2001, jockey Jeremy Rose won the Eclipse Award for Apprentice Jockey of the Year in North America. And then, in 2005, Jeremy visited both the Preakness and Belmont Stakes Winter Circle, having won both classic events that year aboard a horse by the name of a fleet Alex. Jeremy won over 2,500 races during the first decade of his career alone, but some bad luck and a declining in winning rides saw Jeremy walk away from riding in 2019, a time he used to get his head back in the game, so to speak. Recently, though, the competitive juices began to flow again for Jeremy, and he started working horses in the morning to the point that earlier this week, his name appeared on the Delaware Park overnight sheet for the first time since 2019 as he was named to ride four horses over the first two days of Delaware's 2022 race meet. And just like old times, Jeremy found himself in the winner's circle with one of the horses. Shortly, we will meet jockey Jeremy Rose and we'll find out more about his riding career and how much he's looking forward to a rebirth of his career. In addition, well, Woodbine Entertainment Group is constantly striving to be recognized as a caring and innovative corporate community builder. And through their Woodbine Cares program, Woodbine continues to build relationships and contribute to healthy places to play work, live, learn, and grow through several initiatives. Zenia Wadwani is Director, Corporate Citizenship and Executive Director, Woodbine Cares Foundation, and Zenia will join us later on in the show to talk more about Woodbine Cares Initiative, her role, and also speak about some of the groups who are benefiting from the Woodbine Cares Community Investment. Also today, what would Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, be without a visit from Woodbine Mohawk Park's Horse Players Journal Editor, Robert Reed Jr., and with the standard bred racing season now in high gear, not just a Woodbine Mohawk Park, but other Ontario tracks. Robert is a pretty busy guy these days, as you can imagine. Shortly, we will talk with Robert, and he will bring us up to speed not only on tonight's Woodbine Mohawk Park card, but also weekend activities as standard bred season continues to heat up. And finally, well, he's back. My co-host Larry Simpson will once again try to sniff out some, well, potential betting gyms at Woodbine Mohawk Park and some other North American tracks that are racing today with our, well, always much anticipated Ponies Picks Today, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. It's going to be a great show, as always. So you better get your HBI and Dark Horse accounts ready to go for some heavy-duty action today. When we come back, the one and only, my co-host, the legend, Larry Simpson, will join us as we catch up on some recent horse racing news. This is Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. More from the track when we come back on 105.9 The Region. Go from Dark Horse to Winner. Dark Horse is Woodbine's new easy-to-use betting app that brings the thrill of the track right to you. Its AI-powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets straight out of the gate. Feel the excitement of live-streamed horse races wherever you go. Get $30 to start betting when you sign up today using promo code GET30. Download the app for free at PlayDarkHorse.com. Available on Android and Apple devices. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA provides members and their hardworking employees with medical insurance, pensions, benevolence, negotiations with racetracks, and government government and provides vital industry information to the horse people. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. 
Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. I'm Jim Lang, and let me introduce to you my co-host, the expert in all things ponies, the one and only Larry Simpson. Larry, how are you? I'm doing okay. How about you? Very good, very good. In case you miss it, tickets for Canada's biggest race, the Queen's Plate, now on sale. Hashtag QP22. And uh, proudly Ontario bred horse Messier topping the early power rankings for the big race coming up on August 21st. Yeah, it's coming quickly, isn't it? It sure is. Yeah. And uh, tickets on sale. Uh, Messier, a lot of people, a lot of eyes on that horse. Uh, I know it's still a few months away, but who else are you thinking other than Messier should be top contenders? Well, I think there's a couple in there. I think the the situation with Messier is like he ran, I wouldn't say he ran badly in the Kentucky Derby, but uh, you don't know what the plans are now for Tim Actine with that horse, whether he is, I hope that he does ship the horse up here because I think the horse would do very well. Uh, but there is uh, a couple of others. Um, the Minxter. The Minxter is nice. Uh, God of Love. Uh, Moira. Moira, yeah. And Sir for sure. Yeah, they're the, basically the top five candidates, including Messier. So uh, it's, it's as you say, it's still early. A lot can happen. Um, I don't know. I read read someplace that they, they, they were going to, I guess, have a look at Messier and make sure that uh, he'd come out of the race okay. I, I would imagine after now they, they, they do. I think he just got kind of burnt in with the, the speed duel and everything. So, uh, yeah, let's let's see what happens. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's coming quickly, though, and uh, I'm looking forward to that. Meanwhile, the second leg of the Triple Crown, the Preakness, early voting was the big winner and a, a very worthy winner and worthy victory in that great race. Yeah, it was it was a good race. Uh, the pace was pretty slow though, and uh, it, it didn't really help a lot of the horses uh, like Skippy Longstockings and that. Great I, name. I, yeah, I, I liked his name and I liked him a little bit, so I bet him a little bit. But uh, uh, sometimes it shows you good names don't always win. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> I know. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> you know, but uh, no, I think uh, the thing is though with uh, what's going forward now is the Belmont. Yeah. And it doesn't look like early voting is going to the Belmont. Um, we are we know that uh, Rich Strike is going to be there, and um, I think I hope Mo Donegal is going to be there because that was I made that prediction after the Kentucky Derby that the way that horse closed in the Kentucky Derby that he would be uh, you know a horse to uh, contend with in the uh, in in the Belmont. So. Well, I mean, Saturday, June 11th, the Belmont, I, I really hope Mo Donegal's there. It, it, it's just such a very different vibe to the Triple Crown with the, the huge upset and then that rich strike not being at the Preakness and then mm-hmm. the winner of the Preakness not being at the Belmont. The Belmont. It's, yeah. it's just different, Larry. It's a different vibe. Uh, there's just 
maybe just not that excitement because they're really the the chance of a triple crown winner went out the door yeah. right, right after uh, Rich Strike didn't go to the uh, the Preakness right so uh, um, I would like to add though that on the Preakness card uh, Chantel Sutherland oh, friend, Chantel. Of, friend of the show yeah, that's right uh, on Preakness Day they have a supporting cast of stakes races and Chantel uh, uh, won one of the uh, stakes races and the horse's name was Lightning Larry. Oh, really? I had to bet it. <laughs> okay, well. No, that is, in all seriousness, it's great to see Chantel back in the winner's circle. And, yeah. And, and I think it talks about, it, you know, it's tough being a jockey. It's tough being a jockey to win. It's tough being a jockey to win consistently to overcome everything you have to deal with physically, emotionally, and mentally. It does. It uh, you know, it's it, it's a tough business for oh. them. You know, it's uh, basically seven days a week. A lot of these jockeys, uh, like a jockey like Flo Giroux, and, and that, you know, he could be at San Anita one day, and then he'll be at Pimlico another day, and he'll be at Oaklawn Park another day, and uh, uh, then he'll be at Churchill Downs for two or three days, and uh, you know, that's that's the life of a jockey. It's it's kind of nomadic, you could say. You have to, and then at the same time, you have to see if you can get decent sleep exercise, keep your weight right, keep mm -hmm. in shape, keep sharp, study mm -hmm. the horses you're going to ride. Mm -hmm. I mean, you don't just hop on and go. No, no. And uh, we've talked to the jockeys on here, like Mike Smith and Flo Giroux and Chantel. And uh, uh, yeah, they, they, they tell you, you've got to stay sharp and you've got to work out in the gym and, uh, you know, basically you keep your mind sharp and keep your body uh, fit. Well, the jockey Jeremy Rose joins us today, and Jeremy is a very, very busy week having returned to racing for the first time in a couple of years. Jeremy, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you on. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, I mean, your first question, what's it like to be back on the saddle, back riding again? Well, it's still pretty good. You know, getting back in, exciting for us, getting back in the gate, you know, being in the jocks room, it felt like home again. Obviously, had that nervous excitement. Wasn't you know people ask you nervous for a race? Not nervousness and your, your typical nervous, just the excitement of getting back into it. I mean, a lot of athletes talk about when they're on a layoff, that first at bat in, in the batter's box or first hit as a football player, that first leaving the starting gate once you're around the bend. Do all those nerves kind of leave you? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really, you know, my first race back, I didn't really have any fears or anything like that. It was just get that one under your belt. It, it, it kind, of, kind of comes natural, I think, after you've done it long enough. Once you're in the gate, you, everything kind of comes back to you. And what was it? You... Uh you had two rides, and you won on the second one, right? So how did that feel? That's felt good. Yeah, I went to the opener at Delaware. Uh, it, felt, it felt good in the fact that it wasn't, you know, like everyone's like, if you're injured or you're coming off a layoff, sometimes a, a trainer puts you on a really nice horse to get your confidence up, and, you know, you just kind of gallop around there and win. It was nice to win on one that, you know, wasn't a lot, but I had to work for a little bit and make sure I could still, you know, get down a little bit and ride and tire me out a little bit. So it was good that it wasn't just a hanging on, something I had to work for a little bit. What was that moment where you said, you know what, it's time. It's time for me to get back to doing what I do so well and get back to riding? Uh, a couple months ago, you know, my wife and I were talking about it, and I've had the itch here, you know, honestly, last year I was thinking about coming back, and at the time we were just coming out of COVID, and, and when I was thinking about coming back, I were they weren't allowed to um, to go in the hot box and lose weight yet. And I, I wasn't really light enough just to do it naturally at that point. So I kind of put a pin in it. And then this winter I was getting the itch again. I was talking to Nick Guerrero and, you know, other people and decided to see if I get my weight down. It, you know, it was something that was worth doing. And obviously you rode, you know, 
25 winners during the first decade of your career and then basically tailed right off. What happened? I got hurt a couple times, and, you know, back in that era, that, that time period, the, um, the Oxycontin uh, pandemic was really ramped up pretty good, and that's what they put me on, and I didn't know anything about it as far as I was concerned. I thought it was just your normal, like, souped up ibuprofen. I didn't know what it was, and got hooked on pain pills for a while. I had a hard time getting off them. Do you think your story, Jeremy, is a, is a good a good telling story to a lot of people, a lot of horse racing fans, a lot of everyone. The stress of being a jockey, the stress of pushing it through to keep riding, the stress of being successful and overcoming the odds, and maybe sometimes to your own physical self-damage. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, the thing about back in those days, you know, back in my early career, well, yeah, my earlier days, I guess, you know, you didn't... There wasn't a whole lot that was known about these pain pills, you know. I'm sure there were tons of jockeys that were riding on them that, same thing I thought, you know, it took the pain away, it kept me riding, you know. We don't get pain unless we're in the pack. That's just the way it is. If you're not, if you're not out there racing, you don't get a check. You don't get a check because you're hurt. You have to ride. And, you know, there's obviously plenty of jockeys that have had issues with substances. And, you know, a lot of times it's alcohol, and I'm betting a lot of times it started with, you know, something like the pain pills, and then it went to alcohol. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things that I kind of learned from and learned the hard way. Mm. And, you know, I think right now people, you know, know a lot more about these pain pills than they did. And, you know, their doctors aren't giving them out like Tic Tacs like they were. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I can't, I remember going in and, and telling the doctor at one point, I said, you know, I feel like there's something going on. Like, I, I, I feel like I'm hooked on these things. She gave me more. <laughs> it's like, no, you're fine. Gave me, I mean, I'm not joking. She gave wow. me more. Up the dome. And, uh, you know, that the doctor, you're telling me, all right, keep feeding them to me. I had, you know, and that's the problem with it. And I, to be honest, I'm not sure the doctors knew what they were giving us at that time and period. You know, I mean, I'm not sure, you know, they're thinking the same thing probably, but now we know a lot more about it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. When you, were, when you were younger, you were doing some wrestling, and then you became a jockey. What was the transition? Yep. Uh why did you become a jockey when you were so tied into wrestling in that? Well, actually, I only wrestled for three years. I just happened to get pretty good at it quick. Um, I wanted to go to college and wrestle, but they bumped the weights up. Actually, a couple uh, college wrestlers died trying to cut too much weight, and they thought the way to fix it was just bump the weights up. And at the time, I came out of high school. I was 103 pounds, maybe 105 the most, and the lowest weight in college wrestling was 126. If you're wrestling 126 pounders, they're coming down from 140. I was way too small to to compete against those that size of a person. And a friend of the family, Bob Seidler, actually owned his own barn at Penn National, had his own horses. And you know, I knew Bob since I was a baby. And he always told my mom, you know, you need to be a jockey. Because I was little, you need to be a jockey. You need to be a jockey. Well, I took him up on the offer, went to Penn National one day, looked like fun, and. You know, started getting the ball rolling, going to Puerto Rico, breaking babies, then coming to Delaware, and uh, starting to learn how to gallop horses with the Petros and went from there. Yeah, and then five years later, you're winning a, a, the Preakness with a Fleet Alex. That's yeah. that's pretty remarkable. Yeah, we took off. You know, I was very blessed in my career that I took off almost instantly and really didn't slow down uh, You know, for almost a decade. So, yeah, I got very lucky to, and, and very lucky to find a horse like Alex that young in my career where... You know, some never get it, and you know, maybe some find the end of their career, and some just watch it. Was Alex 
the greatest horse you ever rode to date? I believe he was the most talented horse yet. Yeah. Um, There's a couple horses I rode that made more money and might have won. You know, like I, I worked, rode, um, you know, Big Brown, Game on Dude, Average Grace, horses like that that went on and did better. So if I had to compare any of those horses and put them against Alex, I don't think any of them could beat Alex. Well, this has been really awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. We we'll hope to speak to you down the road. It's great to see you back doing what you do. A lot of horse racing fans here in Canada, around North America, are a lot happier knowing that you're back uh, being the great jockey that you are. Thank you again. Well, I appreciate it very much. Thank you. Thank you. You know, Larry, you look at Jeremy Rose's career, it is remarkable to go from an NCAA wrestler, which <laughs> is about as far removed from being a jockey as you can, and five years later, winning the Preakness, and he won the Belmont the same year. Yeah, with with the same horse. Yeah, yeah. no, it's a phenomenal rise. And, and, you know, he brought up a good point about pain pills for athletes. And at that time, we forget sometimes that jockeys are athletes, and jockeys get hurt, and jockeys have to push through. And we we, we just think of them, oh, well, they're hurt. They can't take time off for a lot of mm-hmm. them. Otherwise, they can't put food in the table. And you see what happens. He, uh, he got hooked. Yeah, right? like and like a millions of other people, like a million other people, and uh, yeah, he got hooked and he couldn't ride anymore, and basically walked away from the sport that he loved and was very successful at. And uh, I'm glad he's back because uh, you know he was a tremendous rider. Uh, I, I believe I read some places he was winning at about 27 percent average at one time. Well, if you look between 2001 and 2005, when he won the Preakness and Belmont, I mean, you're talking Arkansas Derby, the Miracle Wood Stakes, and then even afterwards, I mean, uh, Kennedy Road Stakes. He's won so many big races in a really short period of time. Yeah, he, uh, he mentioned Kennedy Road Stakes. That was at Woodbine. And so he even crossed the border and won some grade, graded stakes there as well. So... Uh, no, I'm. I, I. He was always one of my my favorite jockeys when, especially when he started riding. He mentioned about Penn National where he started, mm-hmm. and then he kind of just progressed from there. And then, you know, the Athlete Alex uh, story with the horse winning the uh, uh, the Preakness and the Belmont. That was uh, just you know a story for the ages, you could say, because. Uh, uh, he, he kind of showed the talent that he did have as a, as a rider. So much, though, that he won the ESPY Award for Best Jockey at one point in his career, mm-hmm. which is pretty coveted. The Eclipse Award for Outstanding Apprentice Jockey. So the talent is obvious. I mean, even though he was a wrestler in the NCAA, you don't get awards like that and win that many races without a real gift to ride the horse. Well, like this week, he came back, and in his second mount, he won. And uh, I know he had a, another a second place finish with one of his other horses uh, this week as well. So, uh, you know, I, I, good luck to him. I think he uh, he's got tremendous talent, and uh, I believe he's only like forty two, forty three years old. So, uh, like he started out young, and uh, you know, so forty three. You nailed it. Yeah, he's forty three. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You you just mentioned earlier twenty five hundred plus winners. Uh, this is the kind of jockey that like trainers want, owners want, mm-hmm. you know. And that was in the in just that one decade, his first decade <laughs> of riding, and then that, that, it was after that when he got had the the, the issues that uh, his uh, capabilities on the track, I guess, just declined a little bit. So and obviously, you heard he was in the car racing. Uh, what what right track was he heading to now? Uh, he was going to Pimlico. So Pimlico. He's, uh, he's already been back, and he's been riding at Delaware and uh, Pimlico and. Uh, 
yeah, he's uh, he's going to be a busy guy, I think. I think for a lot of horse racing fans in our area, it would be nice to see him back at Woodbine as well. Yeah, if he gets on the right horse, it gets shipped up here, I'm sure you'll see him. So Nice. When we come back, Woodbine's Zenia Woodwani, Director of Corporate Citizenship and Executive Director of Woodbine's Care Foundation, will join us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. We'll be right back. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Follow us on Twitter at 1059theregion. We'll be right back. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. COSA, the Central Ontario Standard Bread Association, proudly serving Ontario horse people. COSA, helping to ensure and support a collaborative and vibrant harness racing industry based on integrity and accountability. For more information, please visit the COSA website at COSAonline.com or call 905-854-2672. Ontario Racing, the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing at 15 racetracks. We are the voice of the Ontario horse racing industry, and we direct breed improvement programs, set annual race dates, and work on attracting new horse owners and race fans. Ontario Racing is committed to supporting a vibrant industry with one vision, working together for a stronger horse racing community. To get your horsepower, go to OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing, three breeds. One vision. This is 1059 The Region. Ponies 24 7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Well, Woodbine's Woodbine Cares initiative is guided by three themes, vibrant and connected communities, for the love of horses and the environment and sustainability, and Zinni Woodwani, Woodbine's Director of Corporate Citizenship and Executive Director, Woodbine Cares Foundation, will join us today to talk about this investment in community programs. Zinnia, welcome to the show. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, this is something maybe a lot of people don't realize how important this is to Woodbine, the Woodbine Cares Foundation. Just educate the listeners why this is so important to Woodbine. You know, Woodbine is a is a company that has always been um, really invested in community. So I've been with Woodbine now for three and a half years, and I have to say that uh, I come from the nonprofit sector, and I'm quite impressed by the value that community has at Woodbine. It's about wanting to give back. It's about wanting to engage employees. And it's wanting to be a, you know, a good corporate citizen by being a good corporate citizen neighbor. And that means investing in the communities in which you reside as a corporation. And Woodbine, through Woodbine Cares, is working through various, uh, or with, I should say, various uh, companies and associations, correct? That's right. So we work with big, uh, I mean, work with, but we, we support, we invest in uh, large institutions like hospitals and uh, colleges. Um, but we also invest in smaller um, community-based grassroots organizations that are on the ground uh, doing really valuable work each and every day. 
I mean, Zenia, there are so many worthy charities and causes out there. How do you whittle it down and focus on just a few to be the focus of Woodbine Cares Foundation? That's a great question. You know, the big ones um, are easy because they're sort of the big institutions. We know they're foundational to communities like the hospital. So in uh, Milton, where we work closely with the Milton District Hospital Foundation, uh, they've got, um, you know, some great work that they're doing um, as a large organization, but also um, in the community. Similarly, we, we donate to the Etobicoke General Hospital uh, near our Rexdale location, and also Humber College. Uh, so the big ones, you know, they're, they're far, they're fewer, um, and, and we choose those because they're, they're actually based in those neighborhoods. The smaller organizations are a lot harder to choose from. Um, there are so many worthy causes. I think there's, what, probably over 80,000 charities um, in the country, and uh, we get a lot of requests. But mm. what we, one of the things that we do is we engage our employees in the process. So we have one of our programs that's called the Woodbine Cares Community Investment Program. And these are micro-grants, right? Like, so 1000 to $5,000 that we give to small, uh, smaller initiatives. And we pull our employees together in the mix, and we ask them to help us make those choices. And it is tough. Some of them sit there and agonize about why they can't give to everybody, and it's true. We wish we really could. But there's, you know, a pot of money, and we look at those who who tell us a great story about the work that they're doing, and more importantly, that their work has great impact. Um, And that's what we're looking for. And if it follows along one of our three themes, then the group really hashes it out. They talk it through and say, you know, I see the most potential or the most impact from these groups. And those ones rise to the top and those are the ones who, who receive our funds. And not surprisingly, two of the organizations that you work with involves horses, right? You've got Sunrise Therapeutic Absolutely. Riding. And, yeah, Sunrise <laughs> yeah, uh, Riding. Yeah, for the love of horses is one of our big themes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've got uh, Sunrise, who I'm I'm very familiar with, and uh, you've also got CARD, which is Community Association for Riders with Disabilities. So uh, that's right. I guess these two, they, they checked all the boxes, and that's why mm-hmm. you're, you guys are working it's with them. It's not surprising that they ring, they ring to the hearts of our employees, right? Like they just hit it right in the mark. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, how does it the the I guess the choosing process go through? Is there a committee? Are you part of it? Is it voted on? Yeah. How does it vetted? Yeah, absolutely. So we have uh, the employees come together. They review all of the applications, um, and if we get a substantial amount of applications, then we divide it into two groups. But this year, we were able to have them review all of them, and we don't. You know, because these aren't huge dollars in, in that the micrograms up to 5,000, um, we're not, we don't make the application really complicated, right? So we've made it a couple of pages. We want to know who you are as an organization. Uh, we want to know the project, uh, that you want us to fund. We want to know where those dollars are going. Um, but we want to know the impact that they have. And so they review them all individually. They go off and review their packages individually. And then we come together, um, for about a, a you know, a few hours, however long it takes us. And we start talking it through. And one of the the ways that I like to facilitate this conversation is, you know, there's ones that easily rise to the top. And almost, you know, 90% plus of the folks around the table are like, yes, we have to to support this organization. And those are the easy ones. Hmm. So they go to one pile. And then we do, okay, well, who went to the bottom of the pile? And there tends to be, you know, a good agreement about what goes to the bottom of the pile, even though there isn't much that goes to the bottom of the pile. Then we put those aside, and that's sort of like the C pile. The conversation really happens with everybody who's in between. 
And then we start talking about the merits of each of those applications. So what is it that really, um, you know, rung, uh, you know, really hit you and, and, and made sense to you and, and felt good about it, and that's why you want to fund them. And some of our employees, they go the extra mile. Like, they will go and research and go look at those websites and look at the work that they're doing. They'll go to the CRA websites and check out their um, their financial filings and say, I want to really know more about this organization and how much do they put towards salaries? How much do they put towards programming? Um, how big of an organization are they? Um, so they do their homework and they come back and we have that conversation one by one as a as each application um, and really speak to where do they rise. And at, and at some point, it really comes you, it's not necessarily unanimous. So we do a vote, and we see where where they rise and where they rank. And uh, and what we aim to do is give out as much money as we can. And once we've sort of hit that limit, then we know that we we've taken those who have risen to the top and uh, and hit those hit those marks that we were looking for. So how many years has the program been in operation? And also, the whole idea of Woodbine Cares. Where did that come from? Great. So, the, the, you know, it's, it's hard for me to answer much more beyond, um, you know, the time that I've been at Woodbine, but I know that the program has been around um, for a number of years. I, w- I would say probably 10 plus years. Um, you know, where the idea of, of Woodbine Cares came from is, is well before my time. Um, I think that, as I mentioned, you know, the value of giving back in community has, has been around for a long time. And I would say so long that, you know, one of the relationships we have, and I think it's Humber College, if I'm not mistaken. Um, we are um, in our 47th year of supporting Humber College. Like, we will be celebrating. We've got an agreement with them for three years. We will be celebrating 50 years with them in a couple of years in terms of our support. So that that's something that's long since been with the company. Um, but how, what it's been called and how it's been named has probably changed over time. Uh, but it was certainly called Woodbine Cares when I arrived, and, and we've taken Woodbine Cares to mean so much more and created a foundation uh, for Woodbine Cares. And it sort of is that umbrella term of not just the community investment program, but so much of what we do at the company in terms of trying to promote giving back, employee engagement, and doing the right thing. But thrilled to be speaking to Zenia Woodwani, Woodbine's Director of Corporate Citizenship and Executive Director of the Woodbine Cares Foundation. Get more details at wegcares.ca. And Zenia, all these initiatives are fantastic, but the feedback must be the real payoff. What kind of feedback have you received from some of these organizations you're partnered with in helping out? Um, You know, I mean, it's all, I think... You know, organizations like these are, are always grateful for the funds that they receive. But, you know, we've had some long-term relationships. Um, and really, when we hear the testimonials of the impact of our dollars, um, whether they're big or small, long-term or one-time, it's, it's the impact that it has on, uh, for example, a child who has, um, you know, a severe case of diabetes and is now able to go to a special um, diabetes summer camp with Diabetes Canada, for example. Hmm. Um, that child may not have that opportunity to do that with any other summer camp, but we might take that for granted and not even think about that. Why can't they do that? But because of the health issues that they're dealing with, there's a whole bunch of parameters, everything from food and ability and programming that are very specific to someone or a child who has who has diabetes. And so, you know, we hear stories like that, um, and then we know that that some of our dollars are we we invest we've invested 
several years now um, into women's shelters. We know that those women's shelters have been impacted particularly harder over the pandemic. Um, and we know that our dollars are going towards emergency shelter needs um, and daily operations costs that, you know, some funders aren't interested in doing. And we we believe that that stuff is important and we invest in that. Um, and to the big hospitals where, you know, we now actually have naming opportunities because we have given so much and for so long, um, we have an emergency space in the Milton District Hospital the emergency waiting room at Etobicoke General that are named after Woodbine. Um, similarly, in some of the women's shelters, we have naming space there. And uh, and now at Humber College, uh, they're calling it the Woodbine Innovation Hub. And they've got a space where they encourage um, their students to come out um, and just be in a space that, that is offering that creativity and that space to think. Um, so we know that we it, it's the small, the little things, the individuals and their families, um, and it's the bigger the bigger pieces that that really lend itself into investing in community. Nice, Larry. And I know with uh, with Sunrise, you guys basically sponsor a horse that uh, one of the ki- or two of the kids ride, correct? Yeah, so we've got we've got uh, investment in horses that are, are doing such important therapeutic work on a on a on a basis that's sort of after their career in in horse racing. Um, and what, like, and that's one of the most heartwarming things for us is to know that these horses have have a career after that. Um, but that career is, in my opinion, even more meaningful, even more valuable to what they're able to do for individuals in terms of that therapeutic care and and providing people with confidence and self esteem and and love and caring through through animals is just it's so beautiful. Get all the details at wegcares.ca, the Woodbine Cares Foundation. Zenia, thank you so much for doing this. Greatly appreciate it. Now, friend of the show, we can't wait to speak to you again down the the road. We're really looking forward to it. Thank you so much. Appreciate you letting me tell my story. Always. Uh, Thank you. When we come back, friend of the show, another friend of the show, Robert Reed Jr. joins us again on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. We'll be right back. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Live in Ontario? Ever dreamt about owning a racehorse? You need to take Ontario Racing's Horse Ownership 101 Virtual Seminars. Join horse racing expert Elisa Blow and learn about standard bred and thoroughbred ownership opportunities in Ontario with options for every price point. These free sessions are available in a one-on-one setting or as a group. For a list of seminar dates and to book your ownership seminar, go to ontarioracing.com horse dash ownership today. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. Live harness racing continues at the Meadowlands Racetrack every Friday and Saturday evening with a post time of 6.20 p.m. The Big Gams Championship meet is highlighted by the Meadowlands Pace on July 16th, and on August 6th, it's the famed $1 million Hamiltonian, headlining an exceptional day of stakes events with a special post time of 12 noon. Watch and wager on all of the Big M's exciting harness racing action through your HBI bet account and Dark Horse app and be part of the Meadowlands racing experience. Visit PlayMeadowlands.com for racing details. 
COSA, the Central Ontario Standard Bread Association, proudly serving Ontario horse people. COSA, helping to ensure and support a collaborative and vibrant harness racing industry based on integrity and accountability. For more information, please visit the COSA website at cosaonline.com or call 905-854-2672. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Friend of the show, friend of all, Robert Reed Jr., Woodbine Mohawk Park handicapper and editor of the Horse Players Journal joining us today, and no surprise, we're going to talk about harness racing again today. Robert, as a fellow Top Gun fan, it's a thrill to have you back to the show. Oh, thank you very much, guys. Listen, it's always a pleasure to be here. love talking to you guys, uh, especially about the sport that I love so dearly, harness racing. Yeah, I, I know and you were quite funny seeing, talking about the Top Gun movie coming out, and there was uh, a big weekend and big night as well, Friday night at the Raceway in London. Um, harness racing, Larry and I have been talking about it. Man, is it really getting busy in Ontario right now? Oh, yeah. And by the way, I'm a huge Top Gun fan, so I, this is an exciting <laughs> weekend for me for so many reasons. Uh, when I was a kid, my favorite movie by far, uh, and you know, people say it doesn't uh, hold up to the test of time. I think it does. I can still watch the original. I can't wait to see the sequel. Uh, yeah, listen, harness racing, uh, this is the time of year we get really busy. Steak season is now upon us. A lot of great OSS action. Uh, a lot of the B-tracks opening up. You know, uh, I, I did some work at uh, Western Fair. Uh, you know, for for their meets, uh, it does finish uh, on Tuesday of uh, of next week. Uh, but now a lot of other tracks do open, right? So uh, it, it's just going to be a fantastic summer. And and I mean, it's it's a great time to be busy and just enjoying uh, the sport uh, of harness racing. And you must be counting the days to the North America Cup, eh? Uh, oh yeah, it's it's that's always been my. Um, my my favorite race ever since I was a kid. You know, I was lucky enough to stand in the winter circle uh, with Presidential Ball. Um, you know, one of my favorite horses of all time. And there's just something about that race and the nostalgia of that race. And and you know, attending at a Greenwood Raceway as a kid, and now of course being at uh, you know our our uh, our track at uh, Mohawk Park. Uh, it's just. Uh, it's just a race that you always get excited for, and, and you know it, it's fun to try to you know track you know what horses are going to be the top contenders in it. Well, a million dollars on the line, thirty ninth edition. There's so much to it. Um, we are just a few weeks away from this happening. Do you have an eye and a few horses to start thinking about for people starting to think about their betting strategy for that night? I'll, I'll be honest. It, it's it, you know one thing I think that you know I, I wish we had uh, you know in in Ontario uh, it was the opportunity to bet futures um, you know for races like the NA Cup you know and, and since we don't I, I kind of wait until it comes to me you know and and it's one of those things where yeah I'll try to keep an eye on 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 what horses you know might be looking good and and, and I'll try to track horses that I think might peak at the right time but uh, you know I remember you know talking to Jim Bannon once. And I asked him about, uh, you know, what kind of his secret was. And he always said he lets horses come to him. And I try to use that now and, and don't get too far ahead of myself, right? Unless someone asks me, hey, can you write a piece for, for this race? Uh, or, or, you know, do a video spot on a race coming up in, in a few months or, or a few weeks. Other than that, I try to, you know, live in the moment. Uh, except when I write the Horse Players Journal when I have to write that three or four days in advance. <laughs> <laughs> Larry? You alluded earlier, uh, Robert, to, to the fact that uh, 
you've been doing some work at Western Fair, some of the other tracks. Uh, what's a typical week like for you now? Uh, it's pretty busy. Um, it's, uh, you know, it, it, it's funny because during the winter, um, you know, it, it really w- was kind of like a real slow time. You know, Mohawk Park races four days a week, so there's there's you know four horse players journal to be written, and and, and it's kind of a light workload. But then I, I you know started uh, working at Western Fair, uh, you know, for for their meets, uh, you know, this season. So it was a little busier than usual. But now you know it it ramps up even more because I was doing the broadcast at Western Fair one day a week. When Grand River Raceway opens, I'll do it three days a week for them. So three evenings a week I'll be doing that. Uh, broadcast. Uh, I've also been um, brought on to do selections for Hiawatha Horse Park every Saturday. I even dabble uh, into uh, Japan thoroughbreds. So for JRA on Saturday nights, uh, Sunday in Japan, I do selections for their broadcast as well. So um, yeah, it's it's a pretty busy, busy um, you know time of year for me. And, and I think really, I was actually speaking to, um, uh, I did a piece for Guelph University about uh, you know what I do and I said, you know, the biggest thing for me is time management and organization. Uh, and I guess the one thing I didn't say in the video was sleep deprivation, because really <laughs> that's something that uh, it, it does kind of happen, right? Because you've got deadlines for the Horse Players Journal, and sometimes I find myself, you know, pulling all-nighters because of everything else going on. So, uh, you know, obviously still, you know, um, I want to make sure I do the, the level of work people have been accustomed to. A lot of people still talking about line drive Hanover and the victory of the Charles Jarevinsky Memorial Cup. Uh, for the listeners really wondering about line drive Hanover, how good of a horse is it? Oh, he's a, he's an absolute monster. Uh, so, you know, he came out as a two-year-old, and I still remember I picked him on top, and his lone star as a two-year-old. Uh, he made a break in stride in the stretch and, and then obviously, you know, disappeared for quite some time. Missed the rest of his two-year-old campaign and his whole sophomore season. Uh, rhymed off 10 in a row as a four-year-old um, and just did it with, like, condescending ease, you know, through, <laughs> through all those starts. And I was lucky enough to be on Costa TV uh, on, on last Sunday at the, at the uh, Charles Jervinsky Memorial Cup. And let me tell you, he did exactly what I thought he was going to do. I've been saying for weeks, you know, that I really believe that he can beat anybody. You know, and I, I don't want to disrespect the horse in the free-for-all um, by any stretch of the imagination because that's a huge step up, you know, at Mohawk Park to move to that level. But I was saying for a while, you know, selfishly as a gambler, I wanted him to get put into that class because I really believed he'd go in there and win and might offer, you know, the, one of the bigger win tickets he's, he's offered his whole career. Now, he paid 2-1 to one at, uh, at the, uh, you know, at Flambeau Downs last Sunday night. Uh, but just did it in incredible fashion. I mean, I didn't know he had those kind of gears off the gate. I don't know if James McDonald knew in the interview afterwards. He said he didn't know that he had those kind of gears <laughs> off the gate, but he knew he was a freak of nature. Uh, 149 flat over that oval on a night that it, like, I'll tell you, I was, I was on, you know, in the, in the winter circle student interviews and, and it was, a, it was a cold night. So uh, just an incredible mile. And honestly, I don't know what the ceiling is for that horse. In a minute, we'll get you to uh, do some handicapping for us, but I just wanted to go back. You mentioned er- earlier in the interview that uh, you would do some work with the Japan Racing Association, and you put out handicapping for that. How do you handicap the the Japanese horses uh, You know, in, in their races and that? Because there really isn't the past performance forms that we're used to, correct? Yeah, so it's a little bit different, and the challenging thing about it for me, too, is that the PPs come out very late, okay? It's not like, 
you know, when I write the Horse Players Journal, I get a proof, you know, like I said, days in advance. Um, I get the PTs for those very late, but there are some incredible resources, um, you know, from Japan Racing for watching replays and, you know, getting comments and trip notes. The problem is a lot of those websites are in Japanese. <laughs> so um, <laughs> for me, it's it's it, it was honestly, I, I was kind of brought on to do it as someone who wasn't really familiar with it, someone who is very familiar with handicapping and gambling, but not that product. So kind of proving proving the study that someone can get their feet wet and do well. And I mean, and I have done pretty well, um, you know, through my selections and my wagering on the product. So, um, you know, the, the big thing for me was realizing early on connections are very important there. Uh, my favorite rider in the world is Christophe Lemaire. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, and typically he's dominated, uh, you know, uh, Japanese thoroughbred racing. So in, when you kind of get on to connections and, and the nuances of that, I think it makes it a lot easier. Ten races on the card Saturday night at Woodbine Mohawk Park. So a lot of listeners have got their ear pressed to the radio, want to hear what Robert Reed Jr. likes in this ten-card field. Well, you know what? There's a few horses that I'll be uh, I'll be definitely betting betting on that card, and, and a few of them are more value plays than I'd say. You know, once you lay the lumber on, but in the opener, Windblown is a horse that you know I've, I've been intrigued by as of late. Real difficult trips. He's got the center of the gate from post five in the opener. I think he's going to be a price. He's one that I've got my eye on for sure. Definitely one I think I'll be betting a win ticket or two on. Race two, Cold Creek Queso. Uh, man, he was uh, so good in his elimination for the SBOA and then got disqualified for causing interference. I think he might romp in there. He'll be my single probably nearly pick five. And and my best bet on the card comes in race six, the three Chickaboom. This is a horse that... I was very fond of last year. Uh, he won five of eight as a two-year-old. This now marks his second start as a sophomore. Um, and, you know, um, Bob McClure jumps aboard for the first time this season. He did really good things with this horse last year. I, I think that, you know, we haven't even seen, you know, the best of what uh, this son of better than Cheddar can do yet. And I think we, we might kind of see a step in that direction um, tonight. So I like the three Chickaboom as my best bet in race number six. One that you might want to keep an eye on. I'm going to give you like one that I think might be a long bomb play. And if he's not a big price, I'd stay away. Is, is it Friday yet in race four? Now, I don't have, I haven't picked on top. I'm going to pick for second. But um, the trainer, Ben Hollingsworth, had one in a similar situation recently, raised credit, uh, you know, a horse that he had for, you know, about a, about a month's time that was kind of, you know, falling on hard times, and he brought them back to, uh, you know, to glory and winning in their first start back. So just kind of a, a trend play on the five-visit Friday yet in race number four. Hmm. I want to ask you, Robert, do you have a, a go-to angle that you fall back on, maybe, you know, a uh, driver change or first time LASIX or third start off the layoff. Is, is there anything like that, that uh, you have a fallback on? I look at all those, uh, definitely, you know, I, those are ones that I, I, I consider. I don't know if I would say I have like a go-to obviously uh barn change, you know, driver change, you know, that, that human element to it all is the ones I'm always going to say are the most impactful. Right. Uh, really, when anything has changed from one week to the next, you know, I, I would say to anyone, you know, if a horse throws in a clunker and something changes the next week, like a shoeing change, even, mm-hmm. you know, like I love actually one angle I love betting is when the flip flops come off. When a horse wears flip flops and it switches <laughs> to steel to aluminum, it's usually an automatic play for me because that usually means the horse's feet have not been so good. 
and they've you know they've had to wear flip flops, and now they're they're you know maybe their feet are doing better, and they're going to be looking for more speed. So I would say anything that changes from one week to the next is something you have to keep uh, a keen eye on. As someone who would never leave his wingman, Robert, you could fly with me anytime. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it, guys. Thanks, Robert. Always the best, and enjoy the weekend. All right. You too. Thanks, guys. Yep. Take care. After the break, Larry Simpson looks at some racing action today around North America, including, well, the aforementioned Woodbine Mohawk Park, the Meadowlands, and, of course, some racing at several other North American tracks. So make sure that your HBI accounts and Dark Horse app are ready to work overtime today. Stick with us for Larry's Ponies Picks Today, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing, Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. We'll be right back. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Discover a new breed of excitement with Live Horse Racing. Ontario Racing represents 15 racetracks where you can experience the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing. To find the racetrack nearest you, go to OntarioRacing.com. New to betting? Check out our Betting 101 page and learn about the HPI Bet Wagering platform and the Dark Horse app. The best and safest online betting options. Get your horsepower at OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing. Three breeds, one vision. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA promotes the exchange of ideas to further advance, market, and preserve live racing in Ontario while offering new thoroughbred ownership opportunities. Membership to the HBPA is free for owners and trainers. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. All right, before we wrap up our show, of course, what would Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, be without a couple of possible betting opportunities and potential betting gems? As Larry gives us his always anticipated Ponies Picks Today, Sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. And I'm not saying, I'm just saying, the picks were on fire last week, Larry. I mean, I want to cook Sizzling, right? some, uh, I want to roast some marshmallows on this bad boy. You had a bonfire picks last week. Bonfire, and then unfortunately, the I went three, well, fortunately, I went three for three, if people were listening. But uh, my fourth pick, which was the horse I spoke about, yeah. James McDonald, and second time McDonald, and the horse was... You know, I'd picked him the week before, and I really thought he he was my best bet of the night. <laughs> well, unfortunately, the storm hit uh, Mohawk about the fifth race, and he was in the tenth, and they canceled the well, last five races. Now, so. wait a second. You can't be blamed for, like, a storm that the Weather Network said, like, we might not see for another 80 years for an event like that. They just didn't want me to go four for four. <laughs> <I guess. laughs> 
<laughs> just not racing fans at the Weather Network. So. <laughs> anyway, what's up for today? Let's start here. Uh, Woodbine has a, a one ten post time today, and I'm going to go to race four, which is a one and one sixteenth mile on the Tapita surface. It's a forty thousand claiming event for three year olds and up, and a nice purse of sixty three thousand nine hundred dollars. The um, Number eight horse, Fairway Kitten, uh, tried to go wire to wire in this same class uh, when he made his season's debut on May the 8th. Uh, Fairway Kitten led to the final strides that day and then finished second beat in one and a half lengths. Uh, I think Fairway Kitten should be much fitter today against this group and shows a good five furlong workout since that start to add to uh, this fitness. Uh, also, there doesn't look to be a, a lot of speed to run with this guy today, so... Uh, I think the fact that he's going to be a little bit fitter, he's got the five furlong work, maybe no speed uh, to contend with him. I think it should be all systems go for Fairway Kitten today. So Woodbine, race four, number eight, Fairway Kitten. Outstanding. Next. Churchill Downs has an 11 race card uh, today. And uh, race six uh, sees a nice group of three-year-olds uh, and up uh, uh, with $50,000 claiming maidens uh, at six and a half furlongs on the dirt. Uh, number two, CJ All the Way, makes uh, his third start lifetime and second of the 2022 season. And it's also his second at Churchill Downs. And it seems, uh, I think this horse looks like he's uh, ready to pop. Uh, the drop to Maiden 50K uh, certainly helped this horse uh, in his last start at Churchill. And he saw CJ uh, all the way finish third. And uh, since then, this uh, horse has had two uh, good four furlong works, which should help the cause. Uh, in addition, trainer Mark Cassie adds blinkers today, friend of the show. Friend of the show? Yeah. Hey, Mark. Which is a very high percentage move for Mark, uh, the, the uh, blinkers on. And I think it's an, another good indicator that this horse is making his second start back this year, where he only had one start last year, and then they laid him up. Now he's had two starts back-to-back. He likes the Churchill surf, surface. We already know about uh, Rich Strike, some horse that won the uh, Kentucky Derby. He likes Churchill Downs. Well, maybe it's the same with this horse, too. So uh, let's go to Churchill Downs, race six, number two. C.J. all the way. I like the cut of your jib, Larry. What's next? I like the name, too, C.J. all the way. Well, so, yes. Right? right? Okay. Uh, Woodby Mohawk Park has a 10-race card tonight, and it looks to be a very uh, competitive card of racing. Uh, the first uh, race tonight is a one-mile pace for a purse of $22,000. I like a horse in there, number three, Cadillac Biama. Looks very intriguing in this spot tonight. Uh, his last start on May 14th saw Cadillac Biama make a first-up move in a class higher than he's in tonight. And despite the fact that Cadillac Biama was racing a class higher, he was bet down to favoritism, only to disappoint with a, a fourth-place fourth finish, I should say. Should say. Uh, tonight, Cadillac Biama moves down a class, retains driver Doug McNair, who drove him last time, Oh, Second time yes. driver's angle, right? And with all this in mind, Cadillac Biama should be able to get the job done tonight. Here's another thing I like about this horse. Two starts back, Cadillac Biama finished a close second to a horse by the name of Line Drive Hanover. Oh, well. Line Drive Hanover just set a track record at Flamborough Downs in the Jurovinsky Memorial on last Sunday, and uh, it was 149 flat. Well, this horse basically finished second to him. So uh, there's no line drive Hanover in this uh, race at, at Mohawk. So uh, Mohawk, 
Park, race one, number three, Cadillac by Emma. And before you get to your final pick, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to peel back the curtain a little bit. As Larry does his picks, if you can imagine Matt Damon and Goodwill Hunting with a chalkboard and a spreadsheet with mathematical formulas, that's Larry making his picks. He doesn't just do this higgly-piggly. There's science <laughs> behind it. Last pick. Science behind it? <laughs> I was never good in science. <laughs> You're good at picks, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, let's start at the, uh, or let's finish at the Meadowlands, I should say. You got me all uh, <laughs> out of sorts here now. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, they have another 13 race card tonight, and race nine is a one mile pace or a purse of $15,500. Number two, Better Take It, has been a picture of consistency uh, three out of his last four starts with two seconds and a third. Actually, the only race he was off the board was three starts back when he had post 10. And race parked out the entire ways to and finished six. So uh, better take it. Tried to go all the way last time on the front end and finished second, beating a nose. And two starts back, he went first up for half the race and tired a bit to finish third. With the two number two post position tonight, I think better take it. Looks to be sitting on a pretty good trip again, and I think he should win. The Meadowlands, race nine, number two, better take it. He is the one and only Larry Simpson. Love it. Hey, a special shout-out to our friend Mark of the Fans of Horse Racing. Right. Mark, how you doing? Appreciate the love on social media last week. As always, thank you for joining us for this edition of Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. A reminder, if you'd like to receive a free digital copy of an issue of Ponies 24-7, the magazine, email Larry Simpson at theponies247experience at gmail.com. Don't forget about the Ponies 24-7 Lymphoma Canada campaign. Don't horse around with lymphoma. For more information on this, go to the landing page, lymphoma.ca slash ponies. As even though the silent auction is long over, you can still donate to this very worthy cause. Stick around with 105.9 The Region all week long. The legend and Romer's up next with York Region's only magazine show, The Feed. I'll be back here Monday morning. Enjoy the races. Talk to you soon. Take care. I'm loving it. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine with Jim Lang and Larry Simpson has been brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Tune in next Saturday morning at 8 for more on the world of horse racing. This is 105.9 The Region.